St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. What St. Paul is expressing is the very mystery of the cross, the mystery that Christ suffered death on the cross for the sins of the world. Yet in order to hold the mystery of the cross in proper perspective, we have to simultaneously hold fast to the mystery of the incarnation. The cross tells us that Christ suffered in the flesh, but the nativity tells us that Christ came into the world as one of us, which makes the redemption one on the cross possible. And so it's fitting that Holy Mother Church gives us the season of Advent to prepare us to celebrate Christmas, just as she gives us the season of Lent to prepare us to celebrate Easter. Many people forget that Advent should be seen as a season of penance as well. In fact, the church used to refer to Advent as the mini Lent, meaning a season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that was very much like Lent, albeit somewhat less severe. Because, essentially speaking, the celebration of Easter and the celebration of Christmas are united. Both are manifestations of God's love for us that is expressed in humility, his humble willingness to descend from his throne of majesty and to suffer for our sake. On the cross, of course, that suffering is most manifest in Christ's intense physical pain and humiliation. But in simply becoming man, Christ suffered the profound humility of the human estate, the weakness and vulnerability of these mortal bodies that we call our own, that weakness that we have that comes from being created things. It was because Christ first humbled himself to inhabit humanity that he could later die for the sake of humanity. In St. Paul's time, the only other great monotheistic faith was Judaism. Today, we have Islam as well. To both of these faiths, then as now, not just the cross, but the very fact of the incarnation was a stumbling block. If you were to ask a Jewish or Islamic theologian why they think the incarnation, let alone the cross, doesn't make much sense, they would probably say, God would not really humble himself that much. Yet, as St. Paul said, it's also foolishness to the Gentiles. In St. Paul's time, there were essentially two types of Gentiles that he would have been aware of. The first were Greek philosophers who believed in some kind of deistic power, but not the loving, personal God of the Jews and the Christians. The others were polytheists who worshipped the Greek and Roman pantheon of gods. If you were to ask the leading lights of these pagan faiths or philosophies why the Incarnation doesn't make much sense, they would probably have said something to the effect, God doesn't really love us that much, or the gods don't really love us much at all. That's why the Christian faith celebrates something truly unique at Christmas, that God loves us enough to suffer in dignity for our sake. If you were to survey the pagan religions of the world, past and present, you would not find anything truly like the Incarnation. Some pagan religions might have had legendary accounts of gods inhabiting the earth or appearing to people in human form, but these are essentially mythical, not historical. They are always attributed to a time before time or some other ahistorical context. Only in Christianity will you find the kind of concrete historical claim 
for example, that we read today in the Gospel, that Jesus was born in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was the tetrarch of Galilee, during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, and when John the Baptist was preaching in the region of Jordan. To Christians, Christ's incarnation is not a legend, but real history. God became man at a precise moment in time. He inhabited this messy, mixed-up, and sinful world, just as we do, in the midst of all of its political and social realities. We must remember that true love always expresses itself in humility. There is no arrogant or haughty love. That's why St. Paul would also write to the Corinthians, Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Christmas is a celebration of the, of the fact that God humbled himself for the sake of humanity by becoming one of us. It is the greatest act of love that we can imagine. As Christians, it thus becomes our duty to love as Christ did, by being willing to humble ourselves before those that we would love. Humility is truly the throne on which love sits.